You're listening to the Embrace Church podcast. To learn more about Embrace Church, including additional messages, resources, and how to connect, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Today's message comes from Stephen Brumbelow. So, hey, everybody, uh, welcome to this week's uh, Embrace uh, worship service. Um, my name is Stephen. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. I'm glad you were able to join us. This week, we are starting a brand new uh, sermon series that we've entitled Encounter. Uh, know Jesus and be Jesus. In other words, we want to talk about how we're going to encounter Jesus and how we're going to uh, come to know him and then we're going to live our lives like him. Now the way we're going to move through this worship uh, service and the way we're going to uh, move through this uh, sermon series is we're going to look at some of the physical and the spiritual characteristics of Jesus. And today we're going to start by talking about the mind of Christ. Now, uh, I've used this statement often. I've often said things like, oh, I just feel like I'm losing my mind. And, and, and I usually say that in reference to something negative, like maybe uh, Kelly has asked me to stop at Kroger and, and pick up a few items on the way home, and I get home and, and I've forgotten one of them, and I go, oh, I just feel like I'm losing my mind. Or maybe it's in reference to losing something, like, like I lose my keys or I lose my glasses, which actually happened this morning, or I lose a kid, you know, which somewhat joking, but that might be the case sometimes too. It's in reference to something negative, but what if, what if losing our minds wasn't necessarily negative? What if losing our minds was actually something really positive? As in, if we lost our mind, we would then take on the mind of Christ, and taking on the mind of Christ would then be living in your right mind. There's a great story I love uh, out of Mark chapter 5, and you also find it in Luke. And it's where Jesus gets into a boat, and he crosses over, uh, over the sea, and he shows up at the land of the garrisons. And there, when he kind of docks his boat on the cliffs, the first person that he encounters is a man who, which the scripture says had unclean spirits living uh, within him. This was a man who once was in his right mind, but now he was not in his right mind, and he was living among the tombs. He was living like a dead person. Well, this man encountered Jesus. And by the end of this story, we, we understand that, that because this man had an encounter with Jesus, he is found sitting in, uh, fully clothed, and sitting at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Now, now I'm not saying that we're maybe people who are full of unclean spirits, although there may be some unclean spirits in us. But all I'm trying to say is that when we encounter Jesus, we have the possibility of living in our right minds. Uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, the greatest missionary ever, the greatest church planter uh, really ever, uh, had things to say about the mind of Christ. And, he, and here's a few of them. In Romans chapter, uh, chapter, um, in chapter 12, verse 2, he says this. He says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now what Paul is saying here is, is that uh, a person's mind can be changed. Your mind can be changed. And, and, and so you don't have to conform to the, pattern, the word, uh, patterns of this world. In other words, you don't have to take on the shape of this world. Your mind doesn't have to be a reflection of, of how the world lives, but your mind can be changed. You can live counterculture, countercultural, like you can be transformed. Now, don't, don't mistake this with like changing your mind as if and you decided you want to have broccoli instead of green beans. No, we're talking about the desires 
of your mind can be changed. And you can take on the mind of Christ. Paul also says this in Colossians chapter 3. He says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. See, there's a couple things here. Like, like Paul is saying, man, we want to seek, we want to seek Jesus. We want to seek Christ. We want to look for him. We want to look for him in a way in which he reveals himself to us. And when we see him, when we grasp him, when we, when we, when we catch a hold of a vision of him, we want to lock it in. We want to set our minds on him so that we take on his mind. Well, how do we do this then? I mean, what's a practical way in which we make this happen? So, so for me, I'm a, I'm a visual person. And so you may often hear me say something like, um, like in my mind's eye, I see this because I, I captured, I captured visions in my mind. So I, 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 I thought for a minute, maybe we could uh, envision or capture exactly what the mind of Christ looks like, like a visual image of, of the mind of Christ. And I think we can capture this image by looking at a specific incident in the, in the life of Jesus. And this is right after, this is right after his baptism by John the Baptist. It's uh, Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. It reads, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you may not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. So if I'm taking an image and I'm seeing the mind of Christ, here's the first thing I think that is implanted, like it is set in stone in the mind of Christ, and it's this. It's his identity. See, Jesus knew exactly who he was. Two times in this passage, Satan comes to to Jesus. He says, if you are the Son of God, he says, if you are the Son of God. See, I think Satan believed that, man, if he could just raise a little bit of skepticism <laughs> in the mind of Jesus, if he could raise just a little bit of doubt, just get a foothold in there, that he might have a chance. So he says, if you are the Son of God. But Jesus knew exactly who he was. There was no doubt in his mind who he belonged to. He knew that he was the Father's Son. I, I, I somewhat, I somewhat believe that, uh, I somewhat believe that Jesus uh, probably maybe looked at Satan in a way. Once, once he made the same, if you are, the, he looked at him and said, "Away, like, what are you talking about, Satan? Like, there's no ifs here. You, you know, you know the saying: if a, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his butt. Well, it's kind of like there's no ifs here, buddy. It, it, it is set in stone who I am. 
But that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to come and raise a little doubt in your mind. Like, you're really not who you say you are. You're really not a believer or a follower. If you did, you wouldn't act this way or say this. So he loves to raise that doubt. There's a, uh, there's a story from the Old Testament uh, out of the book of Numbers. It's a story of the Israelites moving toward the promised land. Moses is leading them to the land that has promised him, the land they should be taking. And as they approach the promised land, Moses sends out 12 spies into the land. He wants them to go look and see how fertile the land is, how incredible, productive the land is. And he wants to see how fortified the cities are. 12 spies go out and what they find is that it is a land flowing with milk and honey. The fruit is incredible. And so the 12 spies come back and they give a report about what they found. And 10 of the 12 spies say, it is awesome. It is incredible. But the people are huge. The cities are fortified. There's no way that we can, we can, we can conquer this. But Caleb, Caleb and Joshua, Caleb speaks up and says, it's ours for the taking. We are God's people. It is ours for the taking. We need to take it. But then the ten speak up again and said, but the people are so big and we're only like grasshoppers to them. Can I tell you, if you, if you view yourself as a grasshopper, you're probably already defeated. See, I think that if we know who we are in Christ, if we know our identity in Christ, we can live victorious. But if we allow Satan to raise doubt in our minds, if we become skeptic about who we are in Christ, then we can live defeated as the Israelites were defeated. So to take on the mind of Christ is to take on his identity. But that follows into the second, uh, second characteristic I think is planted in Jesus' mind, and that was he knew the scripture. It was a part of who he was. So notice, notice that Jesus, Three times in this passage in, in Matthew chapter 4 rebukes Satan by saying things like, it is written. It is written. He knew God's word. It was planted in his mind and had penetrated into his heart. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you how that plays out for us and the importance of knowing scripture and understanding our identity. Here's an example. In John chapter 1, we read that Jesus, it says of him that he was the light of the world, that he is the light of the world. And then when you go to John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus himself says this. He says, I am the light of the world. But when you look in Matthew chapter 5, you would see that in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is teaching his disciples, he says to them, he says, you are the light of the world. Now follow this. In the beginning of John, it says that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. And then he says, you, meaning the disciples and us, believers, you are the light of the world. So I have to tell you, that's an identity that we need to take on because when Satan tries to come in and speak into your ear and speak into your mind and speak darkness, you have to say, Satan, I'm the light of the world. And where there is light, there can be no darkness. So you have to go away. You have to move away. Here's another one. In John uh, chapter 1, verse 12, Jesus says, for those who, uh, those who accept him, for those who follow him, for those who call on the name of Jesus, he said, they shall be called children of God. 
Can I tell you that's encouraging for me? Because when Satan wants to come into my mind and when Satan wants to play with my mind and Satan wants to uh, speak false allegations, I can say, hey, hey, Satan, let me tell you, I am a child of God. Man, I've got a daddy who's so strong and you better watch out. <laughs> He's got your number. See, all those things are important. Here, here, let me tell you a few others. Paul says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when Satan tries to speak condemnation in your mind, you can claim it. No, there's no condemnation. I'm righteous. Paul also says that, man, if you're a believer, you should claim yourself as being a saint, that you shouldn't be a sinner. Can I tell you, I think to be like Jesus, we have to take on the mind of Christ. And once we encounter Jesus, he starts pouring into our lives. And he wants us to understand who we are. And he gives us his word that we can implement into our minds that takes us, that, that moves down into hearts so that we can not live defeated, but we can live victorious. It's by taking on the mind of Christ. Will you pray with me? So Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that we can encounter you, that we can know you, and that we can take on your mind and then we can become more like you. It begins right here with the mind and it moves to the heart. So Jesus, I pray today that we would understand that once we come into a loving relationship with you, that we have new identity, we're new creations. Lord, help us to understand that in the depths of our soul. Lord, would you empower us to get into your word, to understand your word, to understand you, and to take your word into our minds and into our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, please make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. For additional messages and resources, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Thank you for joining in with us today on the Embrace Church podcast. 